Mark is making quite a statement here right from the beginning of his gospel. He says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And this may not sound very bold to us. It may sound rather self-explanatory. But in the first century, a statement like this would be considered a flagrant attack on the leadership of the day. In the first century, a gospel didn't have to do with the life of Jesus Christ, per se. It was an announcement of a military victory, or even the birthday of an emperor. But Mark is using it here to talk about the mission of Jesus Christ. The emperor could also be called the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. But here Mark is using it to describe not an emperor, but Jesus Christ himself. From the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark, something is different. Jesus Christ, he brings us that good news, the Gospel. And it isn't going to be about some passing victory or event. It isn't going to be important to just a few people. But that good news, that Gospel that Jesus is bringing is meant for everyone, and Mark wants you to know about it. He wants you to know that the relationship between God and humanity, broken through sin, has been restored through Jesus Christ. And this good news is first proclaimed not in a city center with a huge population, not in 2017 with access to multimedia and internet, not by some suave PR manager. The good news is proclaimed first in a desert by a man wearing camel hair and eating locusts and honey. Something weird is going on. Something different is going on. Something new is happening. John is preparing the way for the true anointed one, the true Messiah. And to do so, he doesn't tell everyone to prepare a large feast or a banquet. Instead, he tells us to repent, to be baptized with the baptism of forgiveness and repentance. And as the prophet Isaiah tells us, we must prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord, making straight his paths. And one of the first paths that need to be made straight are the paths to our very heart. The past that can either allow Christ to enter into us or keep him from coming to us, they need to be made straight. Any obstruction needs to be lowered. We can cover our hearts with so many things. We can shield our hearts from his coming. We can become complacent or afraid of what it means to turn our lives entirely over to Jesus. We can let our pride boil up and hide behind our defensive walls of our own ego. Or we simply can reject the Lord. Tell him we don't want him in our lives at all. Regardless of what we say or do, John insists that if we want to know or see Jesus, we must make straight the paths. We must repent. We must turn away from what isn't God and turn turn towards everything that is. We tell ourselves a strange lie when it comes to turning over to God. We think that our freedom will somehow be limited That if we turn our lives over to God, our desires, our wants, our happiness, to keep God will do nothing but keep us from being truly happy. This is a lie. To turning everything over to God, to think that He somehow imprisons us, 
This is a lie. Yet when we make those paths straight in our lives, when we're able to allow Jesus Christ to become everything for us, when we prepare the way for the Lord by seeking repentance, we find not a prison, we find not limitations, but we find true freedom. This is also part of the good news that John is preparing the way for us. Not only that God has come to restore that broken relationship with us through Jesus Christ, but through him we can also find true freedom. We won't be bound by addiction or anxiety. We won't be trapped behind the false screen of self-sufficiency. But we will have lives truly worth living. Lives that are lived with freedom in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In recognizing Jesus as the Son of God, yes, when we do so, we find ourselves entirely unworthy. As unworthy as St. John said that he was so below himself, below Jesus Christ, that he wouldn't be able to untie the thongs of his sandals. But this in here lies a great paradox. Yes, Jesus is mightier than I. Jesus, before him, we are all unworthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. Yes, before him, we fall down in worship. But all that being said, he doesn't hold his glory above us. He comes down to meet us. In his humility, he becomes a servant below us, being born in the likeness of men to serve us, to bring us to heaven, to open up the doors of heaven. We're already in the second week of Advent, and we can't lose a chance to prepare the way to make straight the paths, to seek repentance, all so that we can encounter Jesus Christ, not in some fiery display of his glory, but meet Jesus in the lowliness of a human child, our Savior who came down to save us from ourselves out of love, out of humility. This season of Advent is a time to prepare our hearts for his coming, and let's not get lost in the hectic, hectic life of the Christmas time, a world that does not know him. Instead, let us prepare the way, allow us to meet him, and through him to meet the world.